It's go time. You are listening live to Quick Kicks, a presentation of Third Down Gamble. Welcome everyone to the podcast, and I've got a very special guest from the Markcast tonight, Reed Johnson, co-host of the show, and Reed, glad to have you back on. Uh, co-host of the show, and you're actually talking to, and this is breaking news as of today, you're talking to the latest, uh, Paul and I now, we are official members of the Grey Cup fan base. I, I bought in today. I, I This is a true story. Uh, you know, we're an XFL podcast. We cover CFL, and we've had a lot of, you know, people, uh, you're Americans, what do you know about any of the CFL stuff? And, and Paul and I today put our money where our mouths are, and we are now officially going to be on the Grey Cup, That whatever that legacy trophy thing is we bought in. So, uh, yes. Awesome. I am there, too. Well, there you go. I, I just, uh, we will be on there together. But I said, uh, yeah, we were just getting into some Twitter discussions today, and I said, we're going to do that. And, and so we, we did it as a rib. But yes, we will be a part of that, uh, that lineage now of the Grey Cup. So. Speaking of which, how is Paul doing? That was crazy what happened to him. Uh, we, we're good. You know, we do a lot. Paul, Paul got injured at work. I'm now, uh, I have braces today as of um, two days ago. Uh, I had a work injury as well where I broke my front tooth. So hopefully, we're, this is not a video podcast, but hopefully uh, the, my audio isn't too bad with it if I have a lisp or anything. But uh, yes, we'll address that on our podcast as well. But yeah, uh, Paul and I have both been podcasting injured for the last couple of months. But uh, yeah, we're working through. And in Paul's situation, I saw him on YouTube. He looked pretty beat up. Uh, was it a a blast or something like that that went wrong? Yeah, Paul uh, Paul works for a news station down in L.A., and they were going through a 4th of July firework. Like, I used to do it, too, when I was in news, and they'd go through and look for, like, uh, illegal uh, fireworks or things that aren't maybe up to code, and then they detonate them ahead of time. They put them in, like, a box, like a big oven kind of thing, and whatever it was, but uh, Paul was you know, probably 25, 30 feet away. I mean, I, I imagine across the street and it, the, when they detonated it, not only did it injure the police officers that were trying to safely detonate it, uh, it actually gave him a concussion because of the blast. So you have to imagine how um, serious that blast had to have been, right? To, to literally give somebody a, a concussion just from the force of it. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine how, how serious that blast had to have been. Yeah, that wave that comes out uh, ahead of everything. It's it's an amazing amount of force. I've experienced it once in my life, but I didn't get a concussion from it. Thank goodness. <laughs> Neither have I. So yeah. But no, we're we're getting through. It's exciting. But yeah, no, I mean it's it's one of those things where in like you, you know, we all podcast and um try to come out with content every week and you know things happen and like I said you know I thought I was going to lose my tooth Paul's been in the hospital and you know it's fun though. Uh, it, this gives us obviously something to to talk about and cover with you know in the meantime. So Yes, if you have a slow week, I guess you can always injure yourself. (laughs) I don't know if I'd recommend that as a way to create content, but (laughs) no, I just want the best for you too. I don't want to see anybody hurt. Okay, so well, let's uh, move on to the topic at hand. For a couple weeks now, you've been aware that the CFL and XFL have parted ways at the meeting table. Uh, what's what was your first reaction when you heard of it? You know, I I, I really uh, mixed emotions. I and I think I said on our podcast initially it was kind of the same thing when um, 
Paul and I, when the news came out originally that the XFL was postponing, you know, we thought maybe they were going to try to launch in 2021 and they had done that initial launch to 2022. And when you kind of read that news and you're like, you know, it, it kind of takes you a second to process and you're like, okay, well, like everything we've talked about for the last however long, everything we're going to talk about for the next however long it is all affected by that. And that was the same thing, obviously, when the when these merger partnership talks, you know, kind of came to a close. And, and it was disappointing um, at, at first because like every cool thing that anyone has hypothesized about, uh, you know, from merging the leagues to changing the rules to running the leagues alongside each other to interla you know interlacing the schedules to you know anything to do doing the championship game between the leagues everything in the world that's been talked about um like literally nothing's happening at all right and and so i think that was that was the most disappointing i mean i think that we obviously gained a lot of listenership and i think that it was it was uh bountiful for the CFL at a minimum right to get people to to talk about something here right in the off season when they were getting ready to come on. But uh, it was disappointing. And then it was also frustrating because I think the narrative immediately became, um, you know, the CFL told the XFL to take a hike. And I'm not an XFL mark in in that, you know, I, I'll criticize them for being quiet as much as, you know, the CFL for doing things. But I don't think that that narrative is accurate really in in the least. And so I don't like to see that narrative being perpetuated either. So it's kind of a blame game, as it were. Who's at fault for all of this? And I guess people are looking to find something. Yeah, I, I, I know Terry Jones up there. He writes for Edmonton. I think he was the first tweet that came out, and it was like, well, it's exit for the XFL. You know, the CFL is taking the telling the twice failed league to you know take a hike or hit, kick the curve or whatever the, the phrasing was. That that's part of it, right? But but if you're in a relationship or or trying to be in a relationship, you know, you can decide on your own. You know, both sides can part ways and and have it be kind of a mutual thing as opposed to it just being, oh, you know, the CFL, whatever. I mean, we have quotes and and we just did an hour long um, podcast with our XFL kind of insider. Mike Mitchell that, you know, he talks with all the people on the XFL side, just as much as a lot of the CFL guys talk with, um, the, you know, the guys and girls on the CFL side. And, um, that is definitely not the perception that Mike has of how the situation, you know, uh, devolved. And that's definitely not the perception that I have having spent now two weeks or a week and a half. I mean, it really hasn't been that long, um, you know, trying to kind of process all of this. Uh, I know people are upset. What, was this really a waste of time or do you think that because, there was a lot of discussion that there is something that did come out for both leagues that they could use. It's, it's mixed. That's a really loaded question. Uh, it's really mixed. I know there's a lot of XFL fans right now that are very frustrated by all of this, right? There's a lot of XFL fans that think we would have been launching in the, you know, in February this next year, were it not for these talks. When we had Mike on our podcast this week, uh, Mike and I would obviously encourage anyone you know to check out our, our episode at uh, themarkcast.com. But uh, you know, Mike talked in there and he goes, you know, it, it wasn't just the CFL talks that that at some point between when the XFL announced the 2022 launch, they realized that their plans were too big and we're going to need 2023 anyway, right? So. The CFL talks were not the reason entirely that the XFL is, is delaying another year, right? And I've been critical of that as well, right? I mean, I 
we 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 ask questions no matter what you know league, uh, and I've questioned you know is, is the XFL vision is that too grand for what people want now right? If I'm a football fan, do I care about a year year and a half of content building up to a launch of a league, or do I want something like maybe the USFL is doing where they're going to kick off potentially they're you know talking about it in um, next you know, February, you know, whatever, uh, winter time. And, um, they're not going to do any of that. Right. But so to get back to your question, um, a lot of people do feel like the XFL wasted time. I think that, uh, they were probably, and we could get into this too. I think they're probably frustrated by it. The XFL, uh, for the CFL, I think the CFL got more out of it than anybody, because I do think that more people looked at the CFL in the last four months than would traditionally look at them, especially in the last four months. I mean, if not, you know, many times of the year, but I can't imagine that the, the amount of, you know, traffic and, and talking and, you know, podcast listening and viewing for everybody, right. You, me, every, you know, everybody that covers this, right. Um, you know, is Rob Vanstone or someone that's going to be on our podcast again here coming up next week? You know, is he doing a podcast hits about the XFL, CFL stuff? Were this not, you know, probably not, right? And and, and we've had a lot of people on that, that probably wouldn't have gotten to talk and, and get to promote things and do whatever were not for that. So, uh, and then to finally round it out, I, I do think that the CFL. I would like to think they gained something from this, but it's it's one of those conversations where you can know what you need to do. I think the CFL probably knew what they needed to do before these talks to grow their game and expand out. But um, you know, just, just talking to somebody smarter than you doesn't necessarily make you smarter. And not that I'm saying that the XFL is, is that's just a, a dumbed down way to say it, but you know, talking with someone that has a lot more ideas than you doesn't necessarily give you those ideas if you don't know how to... Um, execute them. The CFL has survived with nine teams for the better part of 60 years. There have been a few people that said, well, now that they've missed this opportunity, they're done. They're cooked because of all their financial woes. Does that resonate with you? No. I mean, I think it's one of those things where the XFL wants something bigger, right? And, um, you know, I'm in the wedding industry, right? Uh, th there's lots of different, and, and I have a separate podcast where I, I talk with wedding vendors of, of, you know, many kinds, you know, of different sizes and whatever. And there's some people that want to, uh, you know, it, it's just me and I make flowers and I, and I do one wedding a weekend and I want to do all that. And then there's other people that go, well, I want to have a team of 12 florists and we do 50 weddings a weekend and we want to do all that. Uh, I think the CFL it wants, and, and we said it in our interview with Mike Mitchell, they are at, at their core, a smaller market minded business. And that's not a bad thing, but they are not interested or, or uh, seemingly able, I mean, Ambrosi has certainly tried this global initiative, you know, the last year and a half, two years. I mean, obviously it's been derailed now, but, um, you know, they might not necessarily be interested in the ideas that the XFL had, right? And, and one of the quotes that came out that I thought was really spoke most volumes about all of this, and we had it on XFL News Hub, was basically along the lines of the XFL, it, it was an anonymous source on the XFL side with all these discussions. And they said, we have so many ideas and they're so complex and they're so far ranging. And we're just afraid that we're never going to get a sign off of anybody. And to me, that sounds like we had a bunch of cool stuff. They weren't interested. And then we show them some more cool stuff and they weren't interested. And then we show them the data behind the cool stuff and they still were interested. And finally we were like, 
I guess you're just not interested. And that's okay. I mean, it's totally okay to not want to expand in the way that I think that the XFL and them want to. And I don't know if they're going to be successful, but they certainly want something different than what the CFL is wanting to do. Is it possible that the CFL saw what was being proposed and said, we don't think that's even going to work, and therefore, why do we want to agree to this? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and like I said, I will be as critical as, uh, of anybody that um, it might be too much. With, with you know, I mean, now we're talking, the article came out this week, you know, the, the XFL wants to do a team in Mexico, potentially. They want to do a team in Canada, right? Maybe come back with, with either eight teams, but have a couple of them relocated or I guess 10 teams and then, and then, and then have those two additional ones. Um, that's a lot, right? That's a lot to, to do. And I'm not going to sit here and, and as much as I've criticized, you know, homers of other leagues and whatever. I mean, I'm certainly not going to sit here and say um, they have all the answers or that's going to be the right way to do it. I think that they're um, as equipped and as um, prepared as anybody since I, we've covered these leagues to do this, right? And the hires, especially that they've made in the last couple months, you know, bringing in uh, Kevin LaForce that was involved with, you know, brokering the, the $10 billion, whatever NFL TV rights deal, and then bringing in uh, Jay Roth, Rothman, I believe is his last name, um, you know, the executive producer for the last 25 years of Monday Night Football. I mean, I mean, these are big, those are big hires, right? The guy that just brokered the largest television rights deal in NFL history, $10 billion, is now working for Redbird that's involved with the XFL. Sort of quickly referenced that they may look at Canada, and Toronto is probably the most likely destination. The Argonauts are there. I saw one story on the XFL News Hub that maybe the Argos will jump ship and join the XFL, question in my mind is with 50% ownership by Bell, who has the CFL television rights, I don't know how that could ever happen. I don't know either. I just know that um, in in the same day uh, on Friday when our um, interview came out with Mike talking about how the XFL was still interested in, you know, potentially taking the CFL team, moving to Canada, whatever that excuse me, whatever that looks like. Uh, Dan Ralph with the Canadian Press, who's going to be on our show this week, also came out with an article talking about from his side where he, the Argonauts still are very much interested in pursuing the deal with the, with the XFL. Uh, you know, and, and we've gotten a lot of, and I've talked with Dan offline and he goes, man, I've just been hammered um, by people about this article, right? And I go, well, I'm very excited to get into all this, you know, on the podcast and talk, but uh, let's remember um, when when these talks broke initially back in March, it was Dan Ralph that had the quotes from Danny Garcia, from Jerry, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, Cardinal. Until uh, <laughs> like, yeah, uh, from Jerry, uh, you know, f- from these people, you know, quotes from Ambrosi and everybody else, um, you know with these quotes. Right. And so when you're sitting there and you're going, well, you know, who is, who is Dan Ralph or who I'm like, he apparently was close enough with all these at, at the first time to come out to be the first reporter out with these things. So if, if Mike is saying it on, on his side and we know from the past where, um, months and months and months ago, before any of the CFL stuff happened, June Jones, former coach, roughnecks, right. June Jones history with the CFL, all these things. June Jones came out on the CBS radio show like at seven in the morning, some random Friday, saying how, 
oh yeah, you know, the XFL has been talking with me. Um, they got TV rights figured out all this stuff. Um, that retraction and his statement was issued by June Jones about 15 minutes later, right? That's how quick the XFL said like, this is not correct. This is not accurate. You need to go. So if you have Mike Mitchell coming out there that talks with these people all the time and saying like, Hey, I think they're really talking about going to Canada and I think they're really looking at this and that hasn't been retracted in the last week and a half very much tells me that that's very much a legitimate thing. And the fact, like we said, that you have your own reporter talking about it up there. The other part of the equation is the XFL says, well, Argos, you're staying with the CFL. That's great for them. And we respect that. Do they try to put a team in Toronto in April of 23? Well, yeah, and it, it, sorry, it was it wasn't Jerry Carr, no, it was Jeffrey Pollock. It was Danny Garcia and Jeffrey Pollock that Dan Ralph had though, just because I, I hate being wrong. Um, I I mean, I'm very scared of them putting the team in Toronto. Like I'm very terrified, whether it's the Argos or whether it's their own team or whether it's I'm very terrified about that because the I've already seen people online like, well, do you think that you know you think they're gonna be able to do all this? I mean, I think people are gonna revolt just out of just because of how vile this, all this st stuff has been the last, you know, four months, right? I mean, I think it's been perpetuated from the beginning. When, when all these talks broke off, the immediate thing was like, oh, sigh of relief. You know, we're so glad we don't have to deal with that. Even though nothing was ever even talked about, it, they never even got to talks about football or rules or, lead, you know, field sizes or anything. People were so happy that like, oh, we don't have to change anything at all. We can go right back to what we were doing. We're done with this distraction. Uh, people were so upset about that. And because of the lack of communication from the XFL, from the CFL, from anybody, Everyone's imaginations went wild. And now there's still so much now that this Argo stuff came out. I mean, I think people are so um, really ticked off up there. And I, I don't think it's a good idea for them to do that. I mean, obviously, they know a lot more than I do. But I, I, I mean, I see, I mean, at least the social media stuff. I mean, people aren't happy with the XFL when it comes to the CFL right now. This is just speculation on my part. But could it be sort of sour grapes that, well, we couldn't get a deal with you, so now we're going to either poach or put a team in Toronto? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, the NFL is really interested in Canada, right? I mean, Toronto is really interested in the NFL. I think, you know, we had heard, and obviously with this MLSE and all this for months, that, you know, that, you know, the XFL, I think, called the CFL originally, but I but I had heard that, you know, uh, MLSE had reached out to the XFL pretty early on after all these talks had come out. So, like, They've been talking forever, right? So, so I don't think it's, I don't think it's sour grapes. I think it's like one or two teams maybe wanted to go, then they ended up bringing it to everybody. Obviously, there's so many different, you know, nine teams and all the different ownerships and all the different things and the governors and all this stuff. So I think they'll get through this season and then. I wouldn't be surprised if they're just like, we're just going to go on our own then. And and where does that leave them with, with all the TV rights? And, you know, do you, do you need nine teams to have a CFL TV contract? I mean, all those questions are crazy, but, um, you know, I, if it was me, I would get eight teams on the field in the U S before I messed around with any of that. But obviously I'm not running the league, but I would just like, you know, again, sometimes visions are, are, are too big. And, uh, you know, my buddy that has, we, he, we were season ticket holders, you know, and obviously he's not involved with the podcast, but you know, he listens and he says, you know, I don't think the XFL is ever coming back. And I said, well, I don't 
doubt that. I mean, this is like crazy time now. You know, we're pushing off another year. I mean, you're asking people, it's July 14th. I mean, it's another 18 months. Like, I mean, that's a lifetime. That's a lifetime from now. I mean, it's more than that. If it's if it's April, you know, we're talking if it was February. But yeah, now they're talking April to June. I mean, so that's almost 20 months away. Exactly. And the XFL has only played a handful of games prior to their ownership. So it's not like it's... No, I mean, you know, there's a reason why listenership went up when, when the CFL was involved, because it's very much easier to, to podcast and cover and talk about a league that is doing things and playing games, that, you know, or about to play games, you know, in the CFL's case than it is to... Um, I, it's crazy time. And like I said, there's a lot of XFL people that are really, really mad right now. Are XFL people mad at the CFL as much as they're mad at the XFL itself? I think it's both. I think it's an equal, I think it's an equal maddening. You have a lot of different factors. So you have the fact that that right after The Rock and Danny bought the league, Dwayne Johnson came out and endorsed Biden for uh, Democratic candidate for president, right? So that was the first thing because The Rock forever was was apolitical, you know, didn't, didn't endorse anything, didn't do anything. And obviously, you know, Canadian listeners will know that we had a very contentious election, right. And a very contentious last four years. Uh, and I mean, it still is contentious, but you know, it, it's, it was a really, really, really hot election. And so immediately when the rock came out and Doris Biden, that was the first step that was like, Oh no, this guy is going to start putting all the things that the, all the NFL fans didn't like, you know, um, the players, you know, voicing and kneeling and all these different things that, you know, the, the shut up and dribble, all the things, you know, that the people tell LeBron James, all these different things. A lot of people liked the XFL because Vince said like, we're not going to deal with any of that because Vince owned the original XFL, you know, Vince's, um, you know, wasn't going to deal with any of that. So a lot of people like that. So when, when the rock came in and Danny and they go, we're going to build this league of culture, we're going to build this league of empowering players and listening to their voices, you know, uh, what I would imagine are, are, are good things to, to promote. That was the first step. You had a lot of people really negative about that. You have the delay. You have these people that feel like they're entitled to another XFL season, that they've been waiting for this, even though like we everyone's pointed out a handful of games. I mean, I'm still baffled by, you know, the draw of all this. I mean, we're so involved in CFL and all this other stuff, but, you know, the XFL is still. So now, now you have the people mad about that. And then you have the people mad about the CFL thing. So it's it's this compounding um, effect now. And I mean, I have screamed at, at like I said, at, you know, at Mike Mitchell offline and said, like, could you please tell the people that you talk to? I don't care, but there's, there's a lot of people that really would like to hear some things that if you're wanting to retain whatever semblance of a fan base there is, I don't know what there's. It's it's really weird. It's a really weird, but it's compounded and it's, it's very uh, vile right now. So there's a lot of angst about the future, not only the fact that one idea went away, but now is the league itself really about playing or what's going on? Because you talk about big ideas and big plans. Well, what is that supposed to mean? I, I, I know. And, and like I said, and, and the, we, I get, we get a lot of comments on the YouTube a lot. You know, we don't want any of this woke sports. We don't want any of that. Sports is to be about sports, even though, you know, I could go all day about that in a different you know discussion where I think that, you know, sports are representative of the world. And that's the world we live in right now is all these things going on. And it's, 
you can't separate the two anymore. I mean, it's like politics and everything. You can't, we can't separate. We're, it's such a, um, a crazy world, but so you have that. So you have, it's, it's a surmounting number of issues now. And you get a lot of like, well, I don't know why the rock. And I, I can't remember if we talked about this last time, you know, uh, people saying, you know, well, well, the rock bought the league and if they weren't going to do anything, why would they buy it? I'm like, well, there was no other suitors. So, I mean, the rock was, you know, Danny Garcia, the rock and rubber was the only bid. There was no other bids. It wasn't like there was 15 other bids that they beat out. So it was like either this or nothing. So you got to be happy with whatever this is. I mean, did I think that this is be what this was going to be? I mean, no, I bought into the XFL to be an eight week, 10 week, you know, 10 week, eight team, you know, league that played in the time when I didn't work. And that was why I was interested in it. And now here we are, you know, talking Canadian politics and everything. I mean, it's crazy. When there's an emotional involvement, it's very tough to disentangle. And whether that's the CFL and XFL parting ways or the CFL not playing yet, it's very tough to get over that. Yeah, and, and it's interesting. I mean, we're going to talk a lot about it this week, too, where um, I, I've seen a lot of people for uh, and a lot of commentators for months say, like, you know, the CFL, you know, not all is well, but they just want to keep saying, like, we're going to play, you know, we're losing money, we doing with all this stuff, we don't know what's going on, but we're still going to play. And now that the CFL, XFL thing kind of went away, and the Argonauts, you know, storylines coming out and there's a lot of, um, uh, you know, player injuries and retirements. And I know there was a COVID scare with, I believe, the Blue Bombers um, yesterday. I have in our show notes to talk about. It, it seems like the CFL is, is, again, sweeping things under the rug and just saying, like, we're going to play. But now it seems like a lot of these commentators are saying, like, hey, it's training camps. Like, let's just play. And I go, but you've been criticizing the CFL for the last four months or, you know, for years about, well, they just kind of just bull rush forward and sweep a lot of stuff under the rug. And now it's kind of like, they're saying the same thing. Like, well, they just got to, they got to play now. And it seems they, it seems like they never address the things that need to be addressed. The one comment that I hear often about the Canadian football league is that if the management of the league was run as well as the game played on the field, there would never be a problem. Yeah, but but again, and and that goes back to the discussions with the XFL, right? That you know, I the, the biggest example, and hopefully this works. I don't know if it does. Uh, I film a lot of events. I film a lot of motivational speakers. That's just something I get hired a lot to go film. And um, I was fortunate enough to go film Tony Robbins, who's a big, he's a big like American. He was in like, he's been in movies and stuff and he's big clap the hands and come out and do all this stuff. And, you know, I would go film these events uh, for him and people would come and wait like 12 hours to come see him. Do, you know, they come like at eight in the morning and he literally wouldn't talk till like six at night and they would sit there all day waiting. And, you know, they would take their days off of work and, you know, put their kids up in, you know, babysitter, you know, we got to go see Tony Robbins. And I go like, the fact that you're able to like, take the time off, sit here, do that, like, that's not going to make you just listening to this person that knows how to empower people and knows how to work hard and knows what to do. Like, you you don't get that by osmosis, right? And it's the same thing, like, oh, did the CFL steal all the XFL? Again, I mean, I I know a lot of other businesses that I talk with and podcast with and whatever, and and you know, knowing what you have to do, I mean, the CFL has to know what they have to do. I mean, they have to know, like, we have to grow the game, we have to get younger fans, we have to do all this stuff, and and I see that like the Elks are giving away like seventeen and under can come in for free for one of the uh, Labor Day weekend, and everyone's that's the best idea in the world. I'm like. 
yeah, that's a idea. Now you need 99 more other ideas and then maybe we got something. But the Elks giving away free tickets to 17-year-olds or T-shirts for opening day, yeah, let's we got let's keep going with that. Let's figure out a couple other things. But it seems like, you know, one idea and they're like, "Okay, well, like we okay, like let's try that now." And and it just seems now it seems like, you know, single game sports betting is kind of going to be the the save all. And not one person I've talked to, and I've interviewed a lot of people about this, uh, really has sold me on how good that this is supposedly going to be to this league. Well, C218 is supposed to be a, a real seed change in terms of the landscape. What that means in terms of dollars for the CFL, that has to be played out yet. But there, there is a lot of money that is bet on football, bet on sport in Canada, that if it comes through 218 that money could move towards CFL clubs. Yeah. I mean, it could be, I mean, and I've, and I've, I can't remember if it was people I talked to or listened to at this point, but you know, everyone talks about, okay, the NFL makes all this money. Okay. The NFL has, um, you know, 32 teams, you got 16 games a weekend, right? So of those 16 games, maybe you go five of those are no good. Five more of those are, eh, and then there are uh, the other five I'm going to bet. And maybe I'll bet on two of those. CFL has got four games a week. So you're telling me like, at mo- like no one's going to bet on four games. So at most you're betting on a game a week. That's not, that's not, it's not apples to apples of, well, that, you know, if, if the NFL makes two, I'm making it up, you know, 2 billion a year and the CFL is 25% of the NFL, then the CFL is going to get to like, it's not when, when they, when they only have four games, you're going to bet on a week. Like it's not, you're not going to attract that. I mean, that was why we really thought that this XFL CFL th- thing was going to be because if you're doubling the league, then you have eight games or nine games, and then you potentially have two or three games people would bet on. But but four games a week, and if and you know we've been told all the time, okay, the the later games in the CFL season, you get a lot of like two and twelve teams playing each other, right? You get a lot of dog matchups that aren't great. People aren't going to bet on those. They're not going to bet on it, you know, if Calgary's two and 12 against the Red Blacks and they're playing for the fourth time because of the weird schedule. Like, they're not going to bet on that. You know, I mean, no one, I guess I've talked to a lot of people smarter than me and no one, me, no one has sold me on that, that that's going to be that great. That's interesting. The lot of the talk up here is that 218 is going to be, it's, it's certainly going to help. Well, and I, you know, I talk a lot with the uh, people that run the CFL news account, you know, on Twitter. I know that we all are on that. <laughs> and they go, he goes, because I, I, I'm convinced that one of the main reasons that the CFL blew all this off is because they think that single game is going to take care of it. And they don't, you know, that that's their, that's their money in the hole right now. And he goes, well, if the CFL isn't like, they would be really short-sighted to think that, that, that and I'm like, yeah, I do think they're very short. I do really think that everyone is thinking, well, if we can just get, I mean, it's like people that get into the wedding industry and they're like, well, this is a $300 billion industry. And like, we just need, you know, if we could just get five, I'm like, you, you, just because you're part of this pie doesn't get you a bigger slice of that pie just because you're at the dinner table. I don't know. Sorry. I just, I get, I get very fired up about this single game because no one has convinced me that this is going to be. And, and I do think that there's a lot of, I mean, and I've taught, like, we had Nick Skolsky on. He's like the chief, uh, COO of Points Bet Canada, got hired, the first employee up there to like move all this stuff around. And it's, it's all these coulds. Well, the CFL could do this and they could do that and they could do this and they could do that. I'm like, yeah, but they could have done a lot of other things before that. And when all these XFL talks broke off, like uh, John Hodge with three down goes, thank goodness the talks with the XFL are done. So now the CFL can get back to improving their own game. 
And I go, why didn't, what, what in the world was stopping them from improving their game before they talked to the, C, uh, the XFL? Nothing. They could have improved their game for the last 10 years. What did talking with the XFL for four months prevent anybody from doing anything that could have been done before? I mean, that's just, that's, that's, the logic doesn't even make sense. Hey, let's just get away from this for a while. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Am I getting too heated for you? No, 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 it's all good. Hey, passion is a good thing. Let's play the theoretical game just for a moment. Is there ever a possibility that these two sides could come back again and say, maybe we were a little too hasty or maybe we misunderstood each other? Let's sit down again and let's see if we can figure something out. Uh, I don't I don't rule it out, right? So we had Farhan Lalji on our show, like literally as all this broke and just the timing worked out that we were just going to talk to him about the season anyway. Uh, Farhan thinks it's totally done, right? He thinks... There's everything that's been talked about is going to be done. Uh, Dave Naylor, uh, alternatively, has said, um, I think they could come back together, whatever. Um, you know, I, I've talked on our show, and I think it was when I, the last time we had Rod Peterson on, and I was talking, and I said, you know, if, if, if the CFL fan base is indicative at all of, of the leadership that's involved in this and their unwillingness to change, I can imagine that kind of the brick wall that the XFL was met with in these discussions, right or wrong, right? Okay, because that could be right. We're preserving, you know, I absolutely understand all that, right? I mean, change just for the sake of change isn't, you know, it needs to be change for growth or change for whatever. But I can imagine the brick wall that they were met with because I know the brick wall that, that, that we are met with a lot in talking with, you know, fans of this league and supporters of this league. If the XFL plays a season, and I've seen that, oh, well, let the XFL get through a season and improve their worth and then the CFL and whatever, it's still going to be that same leadership. It's still going to be the same struggles, you know, where you have the nine owners and people are trying to agree and the governors and Ambrose. I mean, it's still, unless that model changes, I just don't think you're ever going to get a league coming in with, you know, this nine head snake that's never going to be, that's never going to agree to anything. You know, frankly, that these team owners that, you know, why do they want to give up? It's like they would rather own 100% of a rowboat when it's like, we, maybe you could own 10% of, of a yacht. It's like, yeah, but I got like, I, this is, you know, we, we want what we have versus, I mean, Mike Mitchell, we had said on the thing, you know, they're, they're accepting hundreds of dollars and, and, and not, um, potentially gaining thousands of dollars is kind of the, the mentality that he walked away with talking with a lot of the people on the XFL side, that they're happy with what they have now. Can XFL fans and CFL fans find a way to play nice now that this is taking a hiatus? I, I would like to think so. I, again, many of the comments, uh, you know, and it's not just on Twitter, you know, it's on our YouTubes and stuff. A lot of the XFL fans are feel very much like they were open to everything. And we were open to anything. And a lot of the fans are going to be watching the games, but a lot of them have commented on the videos and they're like, screw it. Like it's, you know, we're still going to listen to the show, but like they're so mean or they're so um, like, we call it gatekeeping a lot where it's like, it's like you're at the door of a club and you're like, you know, you're, you're keeping people out. And, and, and we were, um, this kind of sparked part of this whole gray cup thing today was we were these discussions we were having online. And I said, did I miss, did I miss the wall where they had the list of the membership requirements that it, that it took for me to be able to talk about and, and watch this league and cover this league? Like I missed that membership 
whatever that was. Like, is there is there a code somewhere? I mean, is there a, is there a pamphlet I got to fill out? Because it seems like I want to be a fan of Washington football team right now. You know, I live in Seattle. I, I want to be involved with the Washington football team. There's a lot of players I like on that team. And, and, and when I interact with people online with Washington football, there's no one saying like, well, you don't live, you don't live in Washington, DC. Like you don't live on the East coast. Like you don't like how many, how many, you know, how many games have you gone to? They go, Oh no, this is great. NHL adds a team in Seattle. Everyone goes backflips, right? Cause we're growing the game. We're increasing. Uh, but yet, you know, constantly it's this bombardment of, well, how many BC line games have you gone to? Well, how many, I, I've had my season ticket for 20 years. How many years have you had your season tickets? I go, that's not the way to approach people that are excited about, that are genuinely excited about like watching your game and learning about your game and covering your game. And it, it is very frustrating. So I think, I mean, I will say, I do not feel like it is on the XFL fans. I feel like we have played nice and we do play nice. And we are, like I said, you know, the, the most listened to XFL podcast. I know our listener base and I know a lot of people were, were turned off, if nothing else, by just the, the vitriol that they felt coming from the north. And uh, I, I've said on, on our show, I know that it's not the CFL fans that listen to our show. But if you see something, say something. And if you see someone, I just I don't know of any other sport where it's like, you know, like we don't, we don't need, like, we don't want you to watch this. I've never, I've never encountered that with any other sport in the history of the world. And I'm someone that didn't watch the NFL till two years ago. And, and, and I'm very ingrained in all that. I watch a lot of, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I would consider myself a pretty hardcore NFL fan right now. And not once in the last two years, I ever have anyone say, you know, how many Seahawks games did you go to? I know you guys have been talking about going to the Grey Cup in Hamilton. Is that still on your list? Yeah. Oh yeah. No. So I, we're planning, I got to figure out, I don't know if the tickets are open yet for the BC uh, lions. We're going to go that, uh, October 16th. I have that penciled if the border and all that's open, we're going to be in BC. The Stampeders are playing with my, uh, wedding schedule. Like I work most Saturdays and all the games are on Fridays or whatever. So there, there's a lot of, uh, scheduling issues that don't work with that. Uh, but, uh, I do plan on being at the BC game and then we will be at the Grey cup as well. Grey Cup is a different experience for anyone that hasn't participated. Well, and now I'm a I'm a great club <laughs> founding whatever it is. I'm 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 part of the club now. So we're <laughs> yeah, we're we, no, we'll we'll be there for sure. I got the week I got the week booked off. So where can people find and follow you? I hope I didn't get too heated today. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you can go to uh, themarkcast.com. Uh, we're the Markcast on uh, on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Twitter, it's the underscore Markcast. The YouTube, if you know, if you type in the Markcast, we're on there. Really good shows right now. I feel like we've really kind of hit our stride, even though we're podcasting um, under. You know, I joked we're podcasting under duress with Paul and his concussion protocol and me and my broken tooth. But uh, I think it's good. I mean, I think that uh, all we've tried to do is. is is obviously grow the listenership and grow our, our podcast, but you know, it is to bring in people that are smarter than us to, to educate us and other people. Right. And so that, that, that's why, you know, when people get on, you know, whatever, I'm like, I've talked to more smart people that cover the CFL. I mean, these are the brightest minds in, in the sport that cover the CFL. Right. So like, and, and they're talking to me and they're talking to us and they're talking to our listeners. And so like, you know, I, I think we're, we're trying to do a good thing here, but yeah, we do get, uh, we, you know, we do get, well, 
you, you, do, you, do you even care about the CFL? It's like, no, I spend 40 hours a week just trying to build this podcast that I get paid no money for. You know, I mean, that's really all, you know, I don't really care about the CFL at all, but it, it's interesting. But yeah, themarkcast.com, sorry. Well, I hope you and Paul are both well on the road to recovery because I know what you've been through has been pretty rough. So all the best to you. No, we're excited. Yeah, August 5th, we're there. We got, we're talking Rough Riders this week on the show and then obviously the Argo stuff, but uh, we're really excited. I'm really excited to to get into really this season. I mean, you know, we, we've covered the Spring League, we've covered fan control football, you know, we've covered obviously the off season with the XFL and the CFL. I'm really excited to be able to cover, you know, a legitimate season with everything that's entitled, you know, entailed with that from reporters and players. And I mean, I'm just really excited to, to get, um, you know, the, the idle hands makes terror sometimes when there's too much time on people's hands. So I'm hoping now that the season comes back that maybe people can just get it, get excited about all that again. So thank you for having me on. Glad to have you. Thank you for listening to our show. Third Down Gamble is hosted on Podbean. Follow us on Twitter where our handle is at Third Down Gamble. Join us again next time. The Third Down Gamble Podcast. Audio. Worth watching.